Hey there, and welcome to the Jared Show Wisdom Podcast. This episode I've been waiting to do for some time now. My truth, your truth, what is the truth? Absolute truth. Absolute truth. This is one of my favorite topics to discuss. It seems so simple, yet has become so complex as to become somewhat confusing for most of us. Is there such a thing as my truth? Or is there such a thing as the truth? An absolute truth that we can depend on and that is the truth whether I believe it or not. First, let's get into the wiggly, wavy, wishy-washy world of postmodernism, or the My Truth Movement, as I call it, in part one. In part two, we'll look at how the perspective of My Truth Movement, or postmodernism, stacks up to what we experience in our everyday lives. And in the last part, we'll draw some solid, definitive conclusions we can stand on. Before we go to break, here's some food for thought. Is there such a thing as right and wrong? Easy answer, or do you need a minute? Well, here's a minute. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Jared Show Wisdom Podcast. Did you get that question cleared up? I'll ask it again. Is there such thing as right and wrong? Postmodernism says that there really is no right and wrong. If you listen to the previous episode entitled Subjective and Objective, episode number eight, you'll remember the idea of viewing the world subjectively, being in the middle and everything happening to you or around you. This idea that because we each live in our own little worlds, we are the god of our own little world, so to speak. Postmodernism has this idea at its center. The idea that to each their own. We are all free to believe what we want to believe, and each belief is equally valid. It goes one step further than that. Postmodernism says that really there is no definitive right and wrong. Everything is relative or really subjective and therefore it's up to us to figure out our own right and wrong. 
You've probably heard of this in the form of My Truth. It's become so popular and such a cliche and a catchphrase to sound all-inclusive and accepting, I've given it a name, the My Truth Movement. Perhaps I'm feeding or creating a monster, that's okay. At least we'll have a clearly defined thing to confront from now on. The My Truth Movement is really just as empty and confusing as described earlier. A catchphrase people seem to say to sound like they are in the know, or on the edge of making a difference in the world and making it a better place. We'll come back to this in a minute. Let's just say that the My Truth Movement is the hip way to say postmodernism. And let's get back to the nuts and bolts of the My Truth Movement before we go any further. That being postmodernism. What's interesting is how young this perspective or theological or philosophical thought process is. The idea that there is no definitive right and wrong. Or everything is relative or subjective. Without going through the procession of philosophies, I'll just cut to the part where postmodernism appears. It began forming as a questioning and eventual branching off of the philosophies during the Age of Enlightenment in the 17th century. Two forms of thought took hold as the Age of Enlightenment ran its course, and eventually became modern and then postmodern. The two courses, or the two forms of thought in the Age of Enlightenment before modern, and eventually becoming modern, were the moderate and the radical. The moderate followed after the likes of Rene Descartes, John Locke, and such. The moderate side wanted to reform traditional systems of power and religion. The radical side wanted to eradicate religious authority, and eventually did, in favor of freedom of expression. They wanted, really both sides, the Age of Enlightenment, wanted to divide separation of church and state. And that's really where we got the idea to divide separation of church and state came in the Age of Enlightenment. Throughout the 17th and 18th century, the battle during the Age of Enlightenment and uh, in the ruins, the battle of the, uh, the two opposing sides, the moderate and the radical, as that progressed, and in the ruins of the Age of Enlightenment and coming into modernism, uh, arose postmodernism. And eventually it arose to prominence. But what was interesting is when it came about. It came about really around the latter part of the 20th century, really. Uh, the 50s, 1950s, uh, actually up until uh, 1980s, 1990s, is when postmodernism really came into its own. And we really started to have this idea in our society that there's really no definitive right and wrong. And we'll get into that a little bit deeper in our next section. But the idea is backed up with philosophical debate that there 
really is no right and wrong has only been around since the 20th century. And uh, postmodernism ideas of relativity and subjectivity, uh, using these perspectives to critique everything from art to objectivity, truth, morality, human nature, really life in general, um, postmodernism art. What that is basically is you're looking at a piece of art, a painting, and you're saying what it means to you. What that painting means to you is postmodernism art, right? And that goes through everything, right? Objectivity, there's no such thing as objectivity. Everything is subjective. Truth, there's no such thing as truth. Everything is relative. Morality, there's no such thing as morality. Everything is relative, right? We'll get into that soon. Human nature, there's no such thing as human nature, this human behavior, right? Um, it is very young and very untested, untried perspective. I mean, this has really been around and really been in mainstream society since the 80s, 1980s, not 1880s, 1580s, uh, Middle Ages. This has been around since the 18, 19, 19, 1980s, right? Uh, when we get back, we're going to put postmodernism and its ugly baby, the My Truth Movement, to the test. But before we go to break, I'd like to ask, what is two plus two? Give it some thought if you must, and give the ideas of postmodernism some thought, and we'll be back. Welcome back to the Jared Show Wisdom Podcast. Postmodernism versus reality. Uh, welcome back. Do you need more time to answer the question? What is two plus two? Well, it's okay because I've got an answer to that question. You're going to like two plus two equals five. Isn't that great? Now, if you have two dollars and I have two dollars, and we add them together, we'll get five. That's amazing. What a great answer I've come up with. Don't believe me? Well, that's okay, because my truth is my truth. And if you don't believe me, I'll just take my two dollars and find someone who does believe, like I do, and we'll have our five dollars. Because that's what I believe. And when me and my buddy that believes it's $5 get up to the register to pay, well, 
that cashier better respect my beliefs that our combination of $2 and $2 is $5 or me and my buddy might just have to start a group of people and get some lodge chains so everyone has to respect our idea that 2 plus 2 equals 5. We see here that it really doesn't matter how hard you believe something. That's not what makes it true. Let's see how the idea of no right and no wrong or a moral perspective works in the actual world we live in. And this is similar to a conversation. See, I like to ask questions. As a missionary, I've traveled all around the United States and I always asked questions of people. I never tried to you know, tell them what to think, what to believe. I would always ask them questions. And this is what follows is somewhat of a conversation I've actually had with many people. Um, and there's commentary in here and there's dialogue so um, try to stick with it um, when it comes to postmodernism and absolute truth I like to ask and I have asked very simple questions and what's interesting is you you tend to watch especially postmodern people play this this game of twister um, with their mind or their perspective and it's kind of like this so i asked this question is stealing wrong uh, get brainwashed by enough versions of robin hood or watch enough pirates of the caribbean movies or ask a politician if you want you might get the age-old game of word twister that starts with what do you mean wrong or it usually starts off with depends on the situation and the reasons behind it. So when you ask this question, is stealing wrong? Most postmodernism people, most people that are amoral underneath everything, will start off with depends on the situation and the reasons behind it. Why did that person steal? And that generally comes from ideas set to us by Robin Hood and Pirates of the Caribbean and many other different uh, areas but when you bring that question a little closer to home a little closer to the person you see how the answer changes or at the very least in an attempt to save face should this be a continuation of the conversation the pause between the answers so if I am continuing that conversation and I've asked them is stealing wrong right and now I've gotten the answer of, well, it depends on the situation and reason behind it, okay. So now I've asked the next question, right? Is stealing from you wrong? And most of the time what'll happen, they don't want to change their version of what they've said. They wanna remain consistent. So that pause between yes or no answer is going to be a little bit longer as they try to reconcile their personal ideas versus their universal ideas. So it's okay to steal as long as it's not me, but when it comes to me, stealing doesn't sound as okay. Right? No one, even me, likes to admit they're wrong. And this is why this happens. It takes big humility and a humble heart to admit when you're wrong. Even then, no one likes to, none of us do, me included. But 
have enough humility and really want to know the truth, you have to admit you're wrong sometimes because we're not all right. Just like me, I don't know everything, right? So I have to admit that sometimes I'm wrong. Usually you'll get the answer, well, from, you know, if st is stealing wrong from you? If somebody steals from you, is it wrong? You get this long pause, and then usually you'll get the answer, well, if someone needs it that bad, I guess it's okay. I'd learn to live without it, whatever they stole. This is actually the fun part of this conversation, because I've had this conversation many times. Because I, I think it's interesting to talk to someone that is sometimes um, deep down postmodernism. You know, you start asking them questions. Hey, man, you know, do you believe in God? Do you believe in this? Do you, you know, what, what happens is stealing wrong is, you know, what about this? And they give you these wishy-washy, like I said, the wishy-washy world of postmodernism or my truth. Right? There's no right and wrong. That's a really wishy-washy world. So this is the fun part of that conversation. Uh, you ask if they will give you their phone or their car. And things get very different uh, the more personal the circumstances. When you, when you say, okay, stealing wrong. And they say, well, it depends on the circumstances. Okay, well, is stealing from you wrong? Well... You know, people want to be altruistic. They want to say, okay, well, I'm a good person, and so I would deal with it. You know, I've learned to live without it. And you say, okay, cool, so can I, I can steal from you right now, so give me your phone. Give me your car, right? Give me all your money, right? And then that's when they start to recognize, like, that light starts to go on, right? But sometimes that conversation has to um, keep going a little bit. Let me explain that. So let's do one more, one more real world versus uh, no right, no wrong. Let's go all the way with this one. Let's get bigger, okay? Now I've had this conversation with people, and it may seem um, stupid, if if you will. It may seem uh, out of character, not a good idea. But let me explain this, okay? Listen to this all the way through before you make a snap judgment. Listen to this all the way through before you make a snap judgment of how this conversation that I've had with many people goes, right? And, and this conversation has worked out really well with people, okay? Um, at first it may seem a little off-putting, okay? So it's just a little warning there. But if you ask that same person, is there really no right and wrong? And they say, well, no, it's not that big a deal, right? And you say, okay, then uh, it's okay if I punch you in the face, right? And like I said, this may seem a little off-putting. But, you know, if you're looking at this on YouTube, if you can go watch these videos on YouTube um, and, and be right here with me. Um, if you're looking at me, I'm a very calm-looking person. I'm not physically threatening I never look like I'm physically threatening. When I ask that question, I always ask it in a very calm manner. So they realize I, I'm not actually threatening you. I'm, I'm just asking you a hypothetical question and I'm bringing this hypothetical question all the way to the realm of violence. 
because I want to get this idea across. And I think a lot of people, they can see that very easily, especially if you're talking to somebody that's much bigger than you are, you can get away with this. And so, you know, if I'm talking to a little tiny girl, I'm not going to go in this direction, right? But if I'm talking to somebody that's much bigger or somebody that can handle themselves or basically another man or a woman that recognizes, I haven't had this conversation with many females, definitely, but um, I have, you know, sometimes, you know, where you're, they recognize like after a long period of time where they recognize like I'm worth thinking here. This isn't me trying to intimidate you. This is me bringing a point to a critical place. Okay. So after I've asked that question and, and, and really um, what happens is the threat of hostile action, even at, no matter how big they are, it takes them aback. Um, and, and sometimes this, what, what most people call a shock and awe tactic is actually necessary and, and, and quite useful. The average response is either fear, anger, or both. Something like, please don't. Right? I've had that. And I explained to them, I'm not, I'm not going to punch you in the face. I would never do that. Okay. And I explained to them, I'm taking this, this hypothetical situation to another limit so that you can really understand where i'm coming from what i'm talking about here or sometimes you know depending on how big the guy is or, or whoever you're talking to um depending on how fearful or angry they've been they've become because of this shock and awe tactic um you'll hear if you do i'm going to punch you back kind of thing right i'm going to retaliate the first more timid response has made the point You've gotten a point across. That shock and awe tactic has worked. They they recognize, okay, wow, I don't want to be punched in the face, so please don't. So that would be wrong, obviously. Okay. Um, it it's gotten through the brainwashing of well, you know, the wishy washy whatever, right? Um, the latter response requires a bit more de in uh, depth. To, to what you're doing here so something like well if you punch me back what happens if i go get a gun and shoot you and at this point i, I want to preface this right because you may be oh well, that's just a terrible conversation it's not right again what you're doing is shocking and awe it's a tactic it, it's a way to to explain a point i'm not trying to brainwash these people i'm not trying to manipulate them into thinking something they don't want to believe i'm not doing any of that i'm trying to show them a point by using specific tactics and ideas to get that point across. And I've taken it to a level that triggers a fight or flight response, right? The flight of please don't or the fight of I'm going to punch you back. So now I've taken it to a whole nother level. Something like, well, if you punch me back, I'm going to go get a gun and I'm going to shoot you. And again, like, like I said, shock and awe doesn't work here. Once, once you've had that, um, they said, they've said, okay, well, I'm going to punch you. I'd punch you back, right? Shock and awe is not going to work, right? Um, what I'm trying to do now in this conversation is I'm escalating things to an end means, right? If you're talking to somebody that is, that understands the conversation that you're having, they see how things are progressing, 
and they recognize I'm not trying to verbally attack you or microaggressions or any of that crap. What I'm doing is I'm explaining, right, a point by making it in the real world, right? If you think that right and wrong, right, we have to remember the question and response have to maintain the same pitch, right, so to speak. Right? Maintain the same levels. So if there isn't anything wrong with me punching you in the face, right? Why would you punch me back? So you can go in that direction, but sometimes it's it's easier to just escalate it to the the last level, basically. So what happens if I shoot you and kill you, right? Um, if things escalate, then what's wrong with you being killed or me being killed, right? And you're gonna go all the way to the end of that line and like i said i mean the, the purpose of these questions in this conversation is to establish that yes there is a right and a wrong and there is no and there is such thing as morals the person that you're talking to when you have this conversation at some point if you ever have this conversation first of all be careful don't do this i'm going to tell you right now um you have to really know your purpose and what you're trying to get across and the reason that you're doing this um and it can be dangerous so you know don't go ask you know huge people what happens if they you punch them in the face kind of thing don't do that what i'm saying is i've had this conversation with people after i'm in the middle of a conversation and i've asked them do you believe there's right and wrong and, da, da, da. and it's a philosophical debate it's not i haven't just walked up to somebody and said you know, uh, what happens if I punch you in the face? It's not like that, right? This is in the middle of a conversation. And there's a point to this conversation. Is It's a philosophical idea. If you believe there's no right and there's no wrong, then there's no reason for you to get upset with me if I punch you in the face, right? There's no reason for you to get upset with me if I steal from you because there's no wrong. I haven't done anything wrong if I'm stealing from you, right? And generally, in these conversations, I think people start that light, start that that light bulb starts to go off and they say, well, of course there has to be a right and a wrong because I don't want people to steal from me, right? And I don't wanna to have to steal from people. We're gonna get a little deeper into that in just a minute, but um, as an interesting side path here, sometimes it's fun to get into the conversation of morals right because we've just established there is such thing as morals um sometimes it's interesting to get into that conversation go on that diversion and um we get into what stops us from beating up little old ladies that you know may live down the street and stealing all their stuff you know if there's no right no wrong and these these morals and values then what stops us from doing that you know, because police have more guns than we do, right? Then we would all fall down to the gangster, the mob mentality, the gangster mentality of, well, I've got more guns than them, or I don't want them to come into my hood and these kind of things. Nobody, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can watch all the rap videos you want to. You can listen to all that rap music and do all those things. But at the end of the day, those people don't want to do that any more than you do. Those people don't want to go to jail any more than you do. Those people don't want to sell drugs any more than you do. Those people don't want to kill each other any more than you do. Right? That's a lifestyle that they may have got trapped into. And eventually, yeah, maybe they, you know, like, um, uh, 
what are that they call that captive syndrome stockholm syndrome where you eventually start to like you know the jail cell that you've been into you eventually start to like the lifestyle that you started to lead but no five-year-old can tell you that they want to go out and kill people i mean that's just not what those people envision for their life you know it's something that they're dealing with um you know at the end of the day if we're all just animals and we came from animals we're all just animals and we came from animals and it is survival of the fittest this is the the end goal of that conversation that diversion um why not just do that stuff you know if if evolution and not adaptation but evolution of species is how we all got here why aren't we all just bullies beating people up taking whatever we want it is an interesting side note interesting side conversation i've had it many times actually um and it can lead to some fun discussions debates ideas um you know at the end of the day morality exists virtue exists rules and laws exist there is right and wrong you know when we get back we'll go over the my truth movement and we'll start to wrap things up before we go to the last break in this episode i'd like to ask am i the queen of england think about it if you must or just enjoy the music we'll be back in just a minute And welcome back, my loyal subjects. From now on, this show is going to be called the Queen of England Wisdom Podcast. No, I'm just joking. It's okay. I haven't lost my mind. Uh, what's not okay, though, is if I actually believe that. Right? I sincerely hope and am confident that if I announce to my friends and family they would respect me as a person but they would ask a lot of questions and they would not indulge me in my fantasy but i might protest it's my truth i believe with every fiber of my being that i am the queen of england and you should call me queen liz from now on this is where the my truth movement breaks down Actually, it broke down around the time we got to the bottom of right and wrong, but a few might disregard or toss out the old moral compass. So let's break down this ridiculous My Truth movement thing. 
Here's the thing, if I have my own truth, and you have your own truth, what happens when those two things are opposed? Right? To each their own, right? You can say, well, my truth and your truth, okay, right? But what happens when those two things become juxtaposed? Completely the opposite. Let's say, for instance, I say I'm a dog. I believe I'm a dog, literally a dog, a German Shepherd. And I get a dog suit and I go through the whole thing. And let's say that you believe that there is no such thing as dogs. To each their own, right? But this is where we have to get a little closer to the person. What happens if I believe I'm the Queen of England? Okay? Well, to each their own. You can believe whatever you want to. Okay? Yeah, whatever. You're the Queen of England. Alright? We all know you're wrong, but you can believe it's your truth. It's your world, your whatever, your perspective. You can have whatever you want. You can think whatever you want. Okay? And let's keep going with that idea. What happens when I believe so strongly that I am the Queen of England that I think you should call me Queen Elizabeth? Hmm, this is a bit different now, isn't it? Now I'm forcing you to believe the same way that I do. Right? So now I'm enforcing, I'm forcing my belief that I am the Queen of England onto you. Now I'm forcing you to say what I want you to say. And do what I want you to do. Eventually we'll get to that. But because I believe so strongly that I am the Queen of England, I am forcing you to call me Queen Elizabeth. Okay? Again, let's take it a little bit more personal, right? You know, what's interesting is most pot, most postmodern thinkers would really shrug and deal with it. Eh, well, you know, everybody's got their own thing, you know, whatever. Right? Uh, maybe not be my best friend. They would deal with it. They might not want to be my best friend because, you know, at the end of the day, keeping up the charade might just start to get a bit old. Right? It might be fun at first. Oh, yeah, this is cool. It's funny. Right? We all know you're wrong, but it's interesting. It's funny. Or they might try to support me. Oh, well, you know, it's your truth. Do you do you? Right? But I think most would actually go along with it. Most postmodern, right? They would that would be their eccentric friend, or one of their eccentric friends. What happens, okay? As a present, one of my friends, one of my other friends, they're they're supporting me in my truth, my belief in myself that I'm the Queen of England. And they call me Queen Elizabeth every time they see me. And now, as a present for whatever holiday, someone wants to be nice and support me in my truth. And they buy me a tiara. Now, this tiara is the reinforcement that I needed. It's just what I needed. I re it really allowed me to accept my truth solidified my credibility now i really am deep in it 
I'm deep in it. Now I have a friend that goes with me. I have support. I have a group of people that really support the fact that my truth is the, the truth. It's, an actu- it's actually true that I am the Queen of England. Now I have a tiara on. Now I wear it everywhere. And people call me Queen Elizabeth. Let's take it one more level. Because of that acceptance, because of everything that I've, you know, people have given into, they've given me the tiara, they've started calling me Queen Elizabeth. Now I'm going to keep going with this. Now, every time I walk into a room, I want you to bow down in front of me and treat me like royalty. Is that taking it too far? What's, what's the limit here? Of my truth. Of your truth. What's the limit? Is the limit making people not be able to say the things that they want to say? Or is the limit being that you have to tell, you have to say what I want you to say. From now on, you have to call me Queen Elizabeth. And if you don't, well, you're just hateful. You're just a hater. You're just a, a bigot. You're just you're just a horrible person because you won't call me Queen Elizabeth. What's what's the limit here? When does my truth just get called what it actually is? My fantasy, my delusion. You know, my problem. Here's what people are really trying to say when they say my truth. And I'm not saying that um those people are bad or anything. I'm not saying those things. But really what you're what I think those people are really trying the thought that they're trying to convey with the my truth movement, what they're really trying to say is my opinion, my belief, my perspective, right? And that's totally fine. Yes, that is your opinion. Yes, that is your perspective. Yes, that is your belief that you are the queen of England, okay? But it's not the truth. The truth is, there either is truth or lie. It's either true or false. It's not my truth or your truth or their truth. It's the truth. And if it's not the truth, then it's a lie very simple but it becomes complex this world is actually full of absolute truth to answer the question before the first break yes there is a right and wrong to answer the question before the second break what is two plus two it's four to answer the last question before the break uh the last break there Am I the queen of England? No, I'm not. There's only one queen of England, and I'm not her, nor will I ever be her. What's interesting is the world is full of absolute truth. Things like causality or cause and effect, duality or positive and negative. 
most of the laws that we have uh, discovered that govern the physical plane of existence. Although that is an entirely different podcast altogether. The laws that govern the physical plane of existence, that is. What we're dealing with here is absolute truth. Absolute truth is all around us. Here's the thing that we do instead. Instead of recognizing that absolute truth for what it is and allowing it to be the absolute truth, this is an absolute truth. I am not the Queen of England, nor have I ever been the Queen of England, nor will I ever be the Queen of England. That is an absolute truth. That is the truth. There's no way to spin that like a politician and a dreidel until it becomes the thing I want it to be. You know what most people do that don't believe in absolute truth, don't believe in right and wrong? What they're really trying to do is fit the world into their own perspective. They want their own perspective They want the world to bow down to their perspective, to the way that they see the world, the way that they see themselves, instead of the other way around. And for some reason, we've come to uh, celebrate those people. You do you, girl, right? Like, I'm sorry, um, you know, unfortunately, we most of us want the the truth to fit our own perspective of the world so we talk circles around the truth and we trim down the truth much like you would a shrub until it looks the way that we want it to and then we call it my truth you take the truth you are not the queen of england well maybe i wasn't a past life trim there goes a branch and maybe I feel like that now. Trim. There goes a branch. And maybe if I dress up and I meet the and trim, there goes a branch. Until all of a sudden that shrub looks like it wants you to look you want it to look like. The problem is is you can call a shrub uh, a donkey, but that shrub is never gonna be a donkey. The donkey's never gonna be a shrub. That's an absolute truth. That that's the truth. Those two things are never going to be the same, ever. Just like I'm never, ever going to be the Queen of England, ever. I can definitively say that very easily. Don't trim the shrub of truth until you get it to to be what you want it to be. Because that's not the truth anymore. That's just your version of reality. And really, at the end of the day, that's what they call delusional. Here's the thing. Don't be fooled. Don't be tricked. There is absolute truth. There is no my truth or your truth. There is only the truth. In this episode, we have looked at the postmodern philosophy and the my truth movement it has spawned. We have seen how these ideas of amorality and subjective perspective stacked up against life, and we have lived it 
and how these ideas can actually affect us. We've seen it. We've lived that. We've had that conversation, you know, and felt those people and the fear that they that when you bring in violence into a conversation to make that point, to make to take it to a level of if it's okay, then anything's okay, right? Not anything's okay. We know that. We feel that. We live that every day. That's where what you live and what you think don't necessarily always come together. And a lot of times, that's where you have a lot of your problems. You think over here that everything should be fine. We as a society should just live as one and free and, right? But our everyday life is not like that. Yes, we should change. We should fight to change the things that we have going in our society. Our society can be very sick and cruel and mean, right? But it doesn't mean that we should throw out truth in favor of delusion. It doesn't mean there is no such thing as truth. There is no such thing as absolute truth, definitive truth. Don't get into the wishy-washy world of postmodernism. It is a trap. It is worse than quicksand and you will sink worse than quicksand here's one thing I'd like to point out as I close here it's better to state that a person's ideas may be wrong if you can back that statement up I, I you don't pick a fight if you can't win kind of thing right and I'm not saying this is a fight right what I'm saying is if you are talking to someone and they happen to say my truth or whatever um, Full disclosure here, when I do hear the words my truth, um, it generally makes me form a snap judgment very quickly. It'd be like if I said, um, so I stole something the other day, right? So I stole, I was at this, uh, this guy's house and I happened to steal his hat. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to form a snap judgment about that person. Oh, snap. Maybe they're going to steal my hat. Maybe they're going to steal something in my house. Right? When I hear people say my truth, it's the same idea. I hear someone say that and I form a snap judgment. Because I automatically know, just like you know, that that person that has that idea of my truth looks at things as subjective and relative. And because of that, if you start to ask them questions, okay, cool. So is it okay to steal? Right? You're going to get those same wishy-washy answers because they're part of something that is wishy-washy. It's a very easy snap judgment to make. And it's a fun conversation to have. But once you start having that conversation and you start pointing out the ideas that they're talking about are just plain wrong, which if you've ever talked to anybody that's postmodern, when it comes to anything, religion, politics, sports even, I mean anything, and you happen to say the worst thing you can say to anybody nowadays, especially somebody that's postmodern, is you are wrong. They, it, you want to talk about triggered, those people will flip. It just... They see red. 
what do you mean I'm wrong? Nobody's wrong. It's like, no, you're wrong, right? If 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 I told you, if if I look at it like, you know, if I if I went to my parents when I was a young child, or if I went to a friend now, let's say I went to a friend now. I don't want to equate it to a parent. I'm not, I'm not anybody's that I know of. I'm not anybody's parent. Um, I want to equate it now. If I went to a friend and I told them that 2 plus 2 equals 5, they would probably gently try to correct me. I'm sorry, I don't know where you learned that, but um, that's wrong. you know. And then if I did that, I better have the way to back that statement up. That what that person just said, what I, well, what I just said, that 2 plus 2 equals 5, the person that is cor- gently correcting me better have a way to back up the statement you're wrong don't ever say to somebody that they are wrong first of all that's a different conversation but the best idea is to say that the idea is wrong i'm sorry but what you just said that their statement is wrong so if let's say somebody tells me that two plus two equals five right what i'm gonna say is that i'm sorry that statement is wrong I'm not going to say, no, you're wrong, bro. That's that's not the way to handle that. That's not how you have a, an intelligent conversation with someone. We say, I'm, I'm sorry, but what you said just now is wrong. And let me show you how it's wrong. So if you have two apples and I have two apples, let's add them together together. Me and you, we'll add them together and we'll see what we come up with. All right? telling somebody that they're that the person that they are wrong is really generally considered attacking them and it doesn't help continue any form of conversation or discussion um i'm gonna leave that at that right there i'm not gonna go any further yet with what i'm saying sometimes i will say this sometimes you do because the person is identifying with either a lie or a false statement um, because they are identifying with something that is wrong and they say this is who i am and that's wrong you have to say okay well you're wrong right if you are identifying with this thing if you are identifying yourself as the queen of england what you're saying is wrong and not only what you're saying but what you're living the way that you're doing things is wrong right um it's not a fun thing to do i i I tend to not go in that direction because it really doesn't facilitate learning it doesn't facilitate positive expression i'm not trying to attack anyone i'm trying to get across to them so that they can live a better lifestyle so they don't have to jump through all these hoops to make themselves feel accepted in any kind of way you know um and believe me you know there's a lot of hoops that a lot of people jump through to feel accepted you know they may feel like it's freedom and liberation but not exactly a lot of hoops you got to go through sometimes i think i look at it like this Even if at some point we are right 
it doesn't give us the right to be mean to someone else or to make them feel bad about their opinion. If someone is so confused that they don't know which way is up and how to move forward, they need help. They don't need jokes being leered at. They need help. We all get that way sometimes, all of us. Sometimes we can't see the forest because we are looking at a few trees. Can't see the big picture. Sometimes life hits us with many different things and we get confused. And here's the thing, man. It's okay to be confused. As long as we are humble enough to admit when we are lost and to ask for directions. Here's the thing. I'm not here to tell you or draw you a map. I, I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell you where you can get a map from and to show you my map of my life, where I've been, my ideas, where I've traveled so far, map of my life. But I can't give you directions. You know why? Because I'm not that smart. I don't have near enough wisdom or at the end of the day, ego to even try to give you directions. To even try to tell you who you should be. I'm telling you there is such a thing as right and wrong. There's a right way to live life. There's a right wrong way to live life. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not the Queen of England. To say that I am is wrong. And to go down that direction is wrong. Because I'm not. I'm not the Queen of England. You know, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong or you're right or any of those things. Reinforce any belief or reinforce any anger you may have that caused those beliefs or caused that confusion or any of those things. I'm not here to do that. What I am here to do is to share with you whatever you may think of it, whether you think I'm wrong or right, let me know what you think. You can email me at the Jared Show Wisdom Podcast at gmail.com at any given time. You can ask me any question you like. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can tell me I'm right. You can tell me I'm crazy. You can tell me I'm prejudiced towards whatever. It's fine. I'm just here to share with you. You know? And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you end up learning something somehow. Um, that really is up to you. In the next episode, we'll get into the human condition. We're going to go from this to the human condition. We're actually going to get into much more. We're going to get into a couple other things in that episode as well on Wednesday. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, if I have offended you, I do apologize. I have not 
meaning to offend you in any way, shape, or form. That is not my intention here. My intention is to share the idea, share the truth, that there is such a thing as truth. There is such a thing as the right way and the wrong way. There is such a thing as right and wrong. Like I said, though, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And, you know, I really hope that you're feeling well. And I hope that you're living life to the fullest. Uh, I really hope all of us continue to strive for more. More knowledge, more wisdom, more compassion, more empathy, more conversations, more friends and more family time. You know, more. We all need more of those things. Thank you for listening. And as always, and in all ways, may God bless you. Thank you.